I kind of like did a little, you know, kind of like refresh, baptism, and I just started following um, the signs to this Emerald Lake. Didn't know where I was going, had no idea. And so the last half from Dream up to Emerald is a lot of climb. You know, you're, you're doing, it's, 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 it's a lot of just climbing. Welcome to Oak and Adam, unfiltered conversations about nature, philosophy, spirituality, and life between a Druid and an atheist. I'm Brian, a Druid. And I'm Eric, an atheist. Welcome to Oak and Adam. Eric, how's it going? Doing well here on this very, very hot day here in the midst of June. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah as, no, no joke about that. We're going to get I mean, spanked all week. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, joking with a friend. So, um, there, Somebody was asking about uh, con- the conditions of uh, Sycamore Mountain Bike Trails, you know, how mm. if the uh, um, dirt was dry enough to actually ride and um, I actually had to, of course, chime in saying that the dirt might be dry, but I'm pretty sure the air is wet enough that you'll leave ruts. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's just like, oh, man. Yeah. Talk about just jungle. Yeah, like walking out, like, you know, I actually I was out just this morning shooting photography, and it's it's the perfect conditions where you go get out of an air-conditioned vehicle out into the... And this is just in the morning. We're not oh, talking... Yeah. We're not talking, like... In the mid '90s, upper '90s, are in the triple digits yet, and it's just like I have to consistently wipe off the lenses and stuff like yeah. that. Just mm. to, <laughs> so <laughs> tis the season, but it, it's interesting with this heat wave that's coming through. And uh, there was a big thing on the news about that. I think they're gonna. The meteorologists are actually looking to name heat waves like this now, oh, really? whereas in the past they have not, because heat waves are actually very disruptive. They're more disruptive than what people think, and I think they're trying to name them in order for people to actually like, oh, maybe we should take precautions. Mm. You know, life isn't necessarily all normal during a heat wave. So that's true. I, yeah, I and I, I was reading an article recently, I think in the register, um, about uh, the fact that we're we could be experiencing rolling blackouts mm-hmm. this summer in Iowa. Oh wow. That that'd be that'd be that'd be unique because we haven't really had things like that during the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, we always hear that of faraway lands like, you know, Los Angeles that has, <laughs> yeah. or Phoenix or, or wherever that has those kind of blackouts, like, but not here, not in the Midwest. But yeah, I mean, we are pretty sheltered from a lot of the more extreme stuff. We are. Historically. <laughs> Historically, yes. So, but Brian, I mean, we've heard the voice of, of our very special guest, but who is our special guest? <laughs> it is Kat and... How do you pronounce your last name? Dickel, like Dickel. the whiskey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, so, Kat, you are actually, I met you through this thing called Pollinate Ritual, which mm-hmm. um, I stumbled across when kind of spying on like the hiking groups, just keeping an eye on, like, all right, what's everyone doing out at Brown's Woods? Make sure nobody's like blowing anything up. And then I see this like group hike of this Pollinate Ritual. I'm like, what the fuck is that? I'm just going <laughs> to show up and see what it is. Um, and it uh, turns out it's kind of a cool deal. So you want to kind of give us yeah. a high-level well, rundown? Oh, she's not that? only part of Pollinate Ritual. You're the founder. 
Yeah. I mean, pollinate is my, um, you know, the byproduct of my midlife transit really. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's what it is. That's why it's, it's just the, um, it's the manifested journey of my inner soul, (laughs) (laughs) if you will. Um, I mean, that's how it started anyway. Um, now it is a community. It's a full community. Um, it's not mine anymore. You know, I'm just the caretaker of it now, which is what I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, you know, I, every one of us get the opportunity when we get a certain age to go through this magical time called the midlife transit. Some people call it a crisis. I don't call it a crisis. I like that. I like that. I like how you put that together. Yeah. It's not a yeah. crisis. It's a transit. And um, I'm actually like writing a book right now about, about the midlife transit and how we as a culture can reclaim it because everybody goes through it. Nobody escapes it. Um, and it, it's, it's quite magical. Um, and if we like were told when we were younger, like that we were going to get to go through this really magical time when we hit 40 ish. Right. And, um, we were going to, we were going to be able to access all these different things like wisdom and knowledge that we didn't have when we were younger or relationships or the concept of death in our own lives. Right. And we were told that this was a magical time and we were told that it was, it was going to be celebrated and it was, there was going to be space made for it within our life, within our relationships and all this type of stuff. Like, can you just imagine what our world would look like? Oh, Um, it would be completely transformed really. And, um, that's how I've experienced my midlife transit. There's always huge change in the midlife transit. Um, and again, a lot of times that change because of the way we frame this time up is suppressed and it causes problems when that kind of change is suppressed as opposed to supported. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I started my midlife transit, you know, probably, I don't know, it's hard to say, but, (laughs) um, I would say I started like the the pollinate part of my midlife transit probably started in 2018, right? If I look back on it, I'd probably say like my midlife transit probably started in like 2014, 15, you know, I started getting, started getting the messages like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. um, What am I doing here? Like all, and that, that question being as, all encompassing as possible. What am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> um, macro and micro, right? <laughs> <laughs> like what am I doing here and what am I doing with this relationship or this work or whatever? And, um, in 2018, I just had an, an oppor- opportunity or, or created an opportunity to, um, just dive super deep into that. And it was just, it was, it was amazing. It was hard. It was really hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's that leap of faith, I'm sure, a little bit. It was actually, mm-hmm. you know, I'll tell you a little story. Um, in June of that year, I went out to 
uh, Estes Park and uh, Rocky, Na- Rocky Mountain National Park yes. is a very special place for me. And we stayed at the Y camp out there mm, and yep. the cabin that we got was called Leap of Faith. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I ended up going on a hike by myself um, one of the last days that we were there up to Emerald Lake. And I, I wrote a whole piece about this. It's at Paul Nate Magazine, if anybody wants to read it. But um, I mean, that like that that hike changed my life. It was like things started to come together and open up at the same time. I don't know if you've ever had an experience like that. Where, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, um, things start to fall apart and come together simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of like, it was the time that I really started to do the work, right. And, and, and think about who I really was. And, and that, that journey lasted for the rest of the year. And I was, I was trying to figure out like, so I, I have a, I've, I've owned a company called Midwest Ticks. Um, for 20 years. It's a ticketing company. Oh. Okay. So we yeah. do. For we a do second, t- my mind first went to like the insect. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. That happens, and just, right. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, that was, that was a, a, a business that I started when I was in my 20s. And um, for all the reasons that you start businesses and... Um, I realized like that, that business, while it has provided some real gifts, it wasn't where my gifts were, right? It wasn't where I was living my gifts. Mm -hmm. And so part of like my transit process had, has been like, you know, how do I live my gifts? And when I went through this process in 2018 and off of this hike, I started realizing like that my at the core of who I am is, is spiritual. It's, it's, I've always like, when I was a little kid, I always wanted to be a nun. Actually, I wanted to be a priest. I was raised Catholic and I wanted to be a priest, but I couldn't cause I have a vagina. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I was totally like devoted to my, my spiritual practice as a child and carried that through. And it wasn't until like, I actually, had to part ways with the Catholic church because of the fact that I have a vagina, um, that I, I, I really like kind of just put my faith aside and put that spiritual practice somewhere else. And I, I took on what most of us take on, um, in our twenties as our spiritual practice. And that's our work is work, Mm -hmm. making money, Mm -hmm. becoming something, being a 40 under 40, doing the thing. Right. Um, and I got, taken off the path. But when I came to my transit, I got put back on the path and the path ended up being pollinate ritual. And, um, you know, pollinate is, is devoted to helping build community around soul centered living. So as I mentioned before, we, we try to put the soul at, you know, the center of all lived experience. So, Um, some people will call this mindfulness. Some people, you know, there's other Mm -hmm. terms around it and I, I embrace whatever 
you know, kind of words people use to identify their soul centeredness. Um, but you know, we were just constantly figuring out ways of exploring ourselves and each other through, through spiritual practice. And, um, I think we're in a really beautiful and profoundly opportunistic time to do this journey, right? Because so much of what we've been told is the faith path is collapsing Mm -hmm. with everything else, right? Yeah. And um, this can be very scary time, and it is scary, of course. It's destabilizing to have things that you've just counted on for so many years and things that you've just taken for granted as the known collapsing. But I also believe that in these times, there's just amazing opportunity for creation, right? And so it's it's just a super great opportunity to be with other people who are on that same journey and they want to build community around that journey. And so that's what we're doing. And it's got a lot of different branches. It's, it's a tree that is young. It's a tree that is... Um, budding in lots of different directions and, and things like that. But, um, it's, you know, it's, it's for me personally, it's my, it is my spiritual practice every day. That's wonderful. Yeah. I, I like, you so said there, there was a question that you posed. If, if we told people that you will go through this transition, mm. this, this transit, as you put it, versus as today, most I would say a lot of people call that crisis because I, I think that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that a lot of people view, because we, we, we're a very static society. Like once you got your path, you're, you're on this path. But really life is a journey that has its, its switchbacks, its linchpin turns, and, and, and that's, that's okay, right? And you pose that question, and that, that's such a beautiful question to ask because it's like it's okay to have a new chapter in your life or this new, this transit, like for me, like growing up in small town, Iowa, we always called that a midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah. So, and then it's only a crisis cause it's not supported. Exactly. I mean, so, if it was supported, um, then people wouldn't get to crisis point with it. Like yes. the crisis only happens because the, the transit isn't allowed to happen. Like, you know, people aren't allowed to answer, ask questions and they're not allowed to change and they're not allowed to step into spaces that um, they haven't before, right? And 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 when you bottle that human energy up, mm-hmm. you get a crisis every time. Every exactly. Time, right. Exactly. So, um, I mean, the majority of the people that are in pollinate, um, probably because you know I am its caretaker right now, are people that are in transit. They're in midlife transit. You right. know, they're. You know, we have we have people who are younger, and we have people who are elder, and but you know, the bulk of of the people are are in you know their mid thirties, their mid sixties, mid fifties, you know, some somewhere mm-hmm. around there, right? And um, we we are finding a lot of comfort with each other in terms of being able to like create space for these massive changes to happen amongst massive changes happening. Yeah. Right. Like that's the other part of it. Right. Is this, you know, and I, I always say like, Hey, listen, look how aligned we are. (laughs) 
like we are <laughs> we are going through our massive change while all this massive other massive change is going on and that means that we're in the right place at the right time yeah that's the idea of like building a community to support that mm. and to not just support it but also normalize it right that's that, that's yes. huge um like my transit year was 2017 where i started it as you know a happily married evangelical and ended it being mm. you know a divorced pagan um, <laughs> and <laughs> fist bump fist bump right there <laughs> uh, but you know there was a suicide attempt in the middle there yeah and cuz like again that you know going like you know I was a true, true believer. Like, I would get up between four and five in the morning and spend a couple hours just studying my Bible. That was kind of my, you know, spirit. Like, I truly believed. It wasn't just going through the motions to check the box to get into heaven. It was like, what, Mm -hmm. you know, what am I doing? Seeking it for answers. And when those answers weren't coming and there wasn't a support and everything started to unravel, it did not go well. Um, And And then, you know, after um, I ended up, I spent a week in the hospital at the um, VA. And on the, the way out, I was just like, I'm not fucking letting that happen again. And so I tapped into basically everything that they had to offer. And one of the things that they offered was an outpatient thing that you met a couple times a week that was teaching you mindfulness and meditation. Mm-hmm. And so I'd take time off of work and uh, actually... I didn't even technically have to take time off at work. Just allowed me to kind of flex it, and so I'd go usually over the take a long lunch hour and go and do uh, some mm-hmm. meditation mm-hmm. with uh, the social workers at the VA, and then head back to work. Yeah. Until I really actually learned and had that stuff internalized. Right. Yeah, and and I think you know one of the really dynamic parts of pollinate ritual is the amount of people that bring different modalities of spirituality into the community. Um, both to uh, practice it themselves, but also to cross-pollinate with other things. So the reason that Pollinate Ritual is called <laughs> Pollinate is because when I was in, when in 2018, when I was going through this process, I decided that, um, well, I thought, I, I kind of went through this own strategic planning process for my life, which is something I do, have done in my business for years. And I was I, you know, made these, um, I made these lists of like everything that I was passionate about. Like I love to do. So like cooking, Hmm. politics. Yes. And I was working with John at that time. And, um, and then also just helping people, which is what I was defining that as. Cause I, I, I've always had this kind of like down low side business where I mentor people or help them start businesses or or stuff like that because I've been in business for so long and I've done the process multiple times. And then I wrote a list of like everything that I wanted my life to look like, like how much vacation time did I want to have or how much flexibility did I want to have? How much money did I want to have? How much, you know, blah, blah, all the things. And then I started comparing that, that list of what I wanted my life to look like with all my passions and all the things that could outgrowth from my passions was on the list too. Like, so for example, cooking, I looked at opening a restaurant and I seriously looked at that because that's always been something that I've considered because I love food and I love cooking so much. 
And I really went into a deep process with that. We looked at a location, we had a concept, like all of that. But when I put it back against my list of what I wanted my life to look like, I was like, I don't want to work those hours. Mm-hmm. I know what it, what it takes to run a restaurant and I don't want to do that. And I have a lot of friends who are restaurant owners and they all told me, I met with them and they were like, you're fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Like, and I, I, so, but when I settled on the helping people column, mm. um, which is what I did settle on, I decided, oh, maybe I'll just go back to school and get my therapy degree or I'll, you know, get my master's in therapy and, and I'll do that. And so I decided to go and talk to like a ton of people that were working in helper professions. And I decided that I was going to go to... I talked to therapists, I talked to, talked to social workers, I talked to astrologers, I talked to Reiki practitioners, I talked to breath workers. I mean, I talked to everybody. Like it was a very, there was like o- over 70 people that I ended up talking to that summer about why they do what they do, how they do it, all the things. And, and every time I would talk to somebody, they'd be like, oh, you need to talk to this person. You know, you need to talk to this person. That's how I got to seven over 70 was, you know, everybody would be like, oh, now now you need to go talk to that person because they do this and, you know, blah, blah. And when I got through that process, I realized a lot. But one of the things that I realized was how dynamic the world of helpers are. And that, because I'm an innovator, like I'm an entrepreneur. I've always been an entrepreneur. I've never worked for anybody other than myself, you know? And so I was like, I could see the innovation. I thought, wow, this would be so cool if we could cross pollinate all these people. And I, and when I was thinking about branding, cause I've also run a marketing company for 22 years, I was mm. like, okay, cross pollinate is too long. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, that's not going to work. And then I, and then it was like, it came, it was like, it's pollinate, it's pollinate. That's what we're doing. We're pollinating mm. and all these people are pollinating. We're going to cross pollinate and we're going to, you know, and I have, a, you know, I, I'm a self-proclaimed hedge witch. Um, I love plant as you, you know, um, both heard me talk about earlier. Like I, I have a very deep affinity for plant and a very deep connection for plant. And I'm not talking about weed. although I have nothing against weed I love you know cannabis is a very very beautiful and strong and powerful plant but um I it it just made a lot of sense to me to like tap into this idea of um creation which is what pollination is Mm -hmm. and and innovation and the potential of pollination right and cross-pollination I mean it and, and, and that it's based in nature. And I really, really wanted this, you know, whatever this community business, whatever it was going to be at the time, I'm like, it has to be based in nature. It, it's, I have, I am, I am like so deeply rooted into that and I just needed it to be about that. So that's, that's how the name kind of like evolved. And then, um, I just had a waking vision of, of the plant. The plant came to me that wanted to be, um, wanted to be our, our standard bearer. And it was the dandelion. So, um, then I went to my beautiful business partner, Heather Hansen, and I told her it's the, it's a dandelion. And she made this beautiful, I'm referencing this tattoo that I have on my arm. 
um, she made this beautiful uh, logo for it. Um, and the dandelion has proven to be the, the most appropriate and beautiful um, standard bearer for pollinate. That's the pollinate story that way. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I even think of like the symbolism of the dandelion itself. Like, yeah. you know, like the people who, you know, like I'm using the term static, they try to manipulate nature. And what do they go after? If they, if they see a dandelion, it's mm-hmm. now all of a sudden their manicured lawn is at jeopardy. And so they need, but it's actually, it, it's resilient as can be, yes. right? It, yeah. Oh, and the yeah. other th- great thing about dandelions is that if you have a lot of dandelions in your yard, you actually have a lot of helpers in your yard because dandelions are, they show up where they're needed mm-hmm. to provide certain um, minerals into the soil that aren't there. And they're, so they're working really hard in a lawn to, to get it healthy again. And, um, you know, dandelion, I mean, the more I learned about dandelions, like as, as I got deeper and deeper into this plant, um, I was just like, oh my God, like this thing is just magical. It's just magical. Everything about it's magical. You can use every part of this plant. It's, it can grow anywhere. It's super resilient. It, mm-hmm. it is, you know, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what did you just hand her? I handed Brian? her a, a jar of roasted dandelion root. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, it, it's a super, super powerful medicinal too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah, and like, they're gorgeous. I mean, who is not happy? Flowers. If you ever go down to Waterworks Park, yes, <laughs> there you go. All yeah. right, <laughs> you, you're my, you got me. Um, I go down to Waterworks Park when it, it's dandelion season, and they're the big back, uh, the lot back there, and yes, the, and the mm. western half of the park, the big huge field that they used to do concerts in. When it's full of dandelions, like I mean, it just going out there and laying in it is so awesome and fun and just yeah go do it yeah, it's like this it. yeah I, I i was actually just there i mean the dandelions aren't there right yeah. now but it's just like a swath of yellow yeah and then mm. of course whenever they when they seed out it's its own uh own look too right you right just see yeah all these puff- and then you get in the puffs yeah, yeah. <laughs> every year or every pollinate women's weekend which is the the primary retreat we do right now we do it twice a year we end our closing ceremony ends with a, a prayer um, of dandelions, and um, it's always super powerful. Like it, it just she, you know that that plant closes um, a very powerful experience for for women. So it's it's here to stay. Dandelions are cool. <laughs> they are cool. Do not fuck with dandelions. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> with you. No. I- I will say I, I really enjoyed seeing, because we're based here in Des Moines or Des Moines metro area, and like it's really nice to see a number of people that participate in No May or No Mo May. Yeah. That, and so like you saw a lot of lawns that had dandelions and, and what have you, and other pollinators, of, of course, within the mix, but definitely a lot of dandelions. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's really encouraging just, you know, in general to see more people like getting just the information, Mm -hmm. right. Getting information about how to do things differently, just how to live differently. And people are craving that on just so many different levels right now. You know, they know what is happening, what the way they have been living isn't working. And I mean, this again is, is, is kind of the power of, of the community 
and all of these different modalities coming together and thought processes and having like an open environment to, to kind of mix it up together, right? Is people are trying to build solution. You know, that's what the, that's, that's what the human spirit does. You know, the human spirit is, wants to live and it, it wants to thrive, Mm -hmm. right? Like we've been in this kind of survival mentality for so long, but nothing that's alive wants to just survive. You know, everything in nature is, is moving towards thriving or is thriving. Like human beings are the only living entities within our, our natural system that are just trying to survive, you know? And, um, that's problematic. It is. It's problematic. And I feel like within, within community, you can see that that type of stuff is changing. That and like, would you say that like, you know, the kind of an older way of thinking was we were shaping the environment to our, well, bending it to our will versus being a part of it. Yeah. I mean, I think this is a massive uh, shift right now that's happening in the human consciousness. We are getting back into understanding that we are not living in something. We are part of something. Exactly. And, um, Love that. You know, I, I've been reading a lot of indigenous writers over the last couple of years um, about indigenous lifeway. And, you know, there's, there's just a ton of, of great, a a ton of things that make sense to me there. Um, and one of the things that it's, it's, you know, kind of running through all those, and you can also find it not just in an indigenous writers, but you can find it in a lot of like ecologists and foresters and people that are in nature all the time and working in nature, you know, they're talking about like, this is our family, you know, and, um, I'll give you another woo woo story. Um, when we were out at pollinate women's weekend last fall, um, there is a tree, um, that's called the, well, some people call it the mother tree, the grandmother tree, but it's this very large tree and it's completely hollowed out, but alive. Like, and literally you can get three people inside of this Mm. tree's trunk. Oh, that's cool. And I went out there with my friend, um, Sarah and we, we went out there to do ritual. So we, we brought a bottle of wine, we brought some apples and, um, to offer for the tree. And we, we circled around the tree and we, we off made our offering and we read some, some pagan poetry. There you go. <laughs> um, and we did our thing, you know, we did our thing and we got into communion with it. And, um, we both went into some silence for a while. And when we came out of it, Sarah asked me like, what, where were you? Cause she's like, I gotta tell you you were somewhere. And I said, yeah, I said, I was talking with the tree again. I talked to plants and <laughs> what this tree told me was very simple. And she said, welcome home. Mm. Welcome home. I've missed you. I'm glad you are back. Please tell the others to come home. We miss them. And it was such a beautiful experience because it made me realize like why I talk to plants. Like I'm not crazy. I'm actually talking to my relatives. I'm talking to my family and they have things to teach me and show me and help me. And when I'm not feeling well, I can go to them and they will help me, you know, and they do like, 
Greenwood Park right now is my sanity. It's my sanity. And it's because mm-hmm. I get to go out there and I get to be with my family out there. And I have, when you practice and cultivate a deep connection with your, with your non-human family, and you could say this about animals too, mm-hmm. right? your life is just so much better, right? Yes. Like it is just so much better. And so, yes, I, I feel like a lot of people are coming back into this space where they're, they're not, they're, they're seeing the sovereignty. They're seeing the sovereignty of non-human life. And, um, and that we, we are, we are rising and falling together, period. Right. Right. Um, yes, there are a ton of people that don't see that. And that's a problem. Right. And especially because a lot of those people are in positions that are they're they're making decisions for us. Right. And so that is a big, huge problem. But my children are completely aware of their non-human family and they're accessing that non-human family and I'm accessing it. And every human being that is actually putting themselves back into this important relationship with their brethren is that's what's going to make the change. That's what's going to push us where we need to go, you know? So that's why we do hikes (laughs) at pollinate is, um, and the hikes were actually the, you know, when we, the first pollinate women's weekend that we did was the fall of 2019 and then COVID hit. And, the hikes were the only thing that we could do in person that was safe because they were outdoors and people could be, mm-hmm. you know, spread apart. And, um, I was just like, I said, I don't care what else we do. We have to do a hike every month until this breaks. And, um, and sometimes we'd only have like two people or three people, but we kept doing it. And now it's like, you know, it's just that the core, it, it's one of the core things that we do is just get, get people into nature. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, that's, that's what we found with the Stewart Brown's woods was the, uh, I remember there's one time, I think it was November, 2020. Um, we like advertised, that a public work day and then um polk county conservation also advertised our work day and we had like 40 people out there volunteering it was yeah. terrifying um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so but th- yeah it was it was um, amazing because that's definitely something that we've seen, like just the the amount of people and the preciousness of our public spaces absolutely and our public land i think and people want to be in community. They want yes. to be in public places and public land. They want they want sharing. They want they want this. You know, I I just wrote a piece. Um, I I I have an ongoing column at Pauline Magazine called Sunday Sermon. It's usually whatever is going on in my mind on a Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some of the best thoughts. Oh, yes, yeah. they are. Right? They really are. And um, I haven't written one for a while because I've been focused on on you know other parts. But um, I did write one this last weekend, and it was about um, 
It was about the experience that I always have when we go on to the women's weekend because I've just got off a women's weekend. We had one a couple weeks ago. And so everything's very un- on fire and alive still from, right. from that. But what happens is like, okay, so there's like 70 to 100 women on these weekends, right? And we're, we're all eating together. We're cabining together, meaning we're sleeping together, not sexually, but you know, we're all oh, yeah. in, in yep. group sleeping arrangements. We're working together. We're playing together. We're together. And we're in what I call the, the, the tribal space, which is 70 to hundred people. And, you know, when people get done with the pollinate women's weekend, they're, they're higher than kites. They're, they're, they talk about like, this is just magical. This changed my life. We've had people that have come onto the weekend who, um, were in very, very bad places when they got to the weekend and they left the weekend wanting to, to stay on the planet, you know, um, mm-hmm. they come off as super, super profound. Right. And everybody, and then, and then like about a week later, guess what happens? The crash, the crash happens. Mm-hmm. Right. And I get text messages and phone calls and blah, blah, and everybody's like, eh. and, <laughs> <laughs> and they're, you know, and people like, of course, immediately say it's me. Okay. I'm back to being depressed. I need mm-hmm. to get on my antidepressants again or I, you know, whatever it is. And I always tell them, it's not you. It's not you. I said, you just came off of three days of living the way human beings should be living. They should be living with each other. They should be eating and sleeping and playing and working together. They should be supporting the, each other when you have around 70 to 100 people in your space and that's all you have to deal with, that is the optimum for the human soul to manage in terms of energetically. When you start bumping up past that, it gets more difficult. Like I've seen this on the weekends, sure. right? Like the human the human soul is super empathic, like the human body, the human, whatever we are, collectively mind body spirit is a super super empathic being i mean that's what makes us human right makes it's what makes us a special Mm -hmm. species is how empathic we are if we are trying to process too much energy at once it's an overload it really is Mm -hmm. so i say to women like listen you were with 70 to 100 people in nature then you came back to a city that has 750,000 energies in it in a pretty, when you think about it, it's a pretty small space for 750,000 energies. Right. Okay. And, um, and then, and, and not only do you go back to that, but you go back to isolation. There's no support around that. Yeah. Right. And that is why you're suicidal. That is why you're depressed. That is why you're overwhelmed. That is why you're not here. Right. It, it's not mm. magic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not witchery. It's not woo woo. It's simply the way human beings are meant to live and we're not living that way. And when I put it, frame it up for that, frame it up that way for people, it starts to click. Like it's, it's the system, right? It's the right. system that we're, we're, we're currently in. And so the other thing that always happens is people just are just crazy for community. They want to know what's the next thing happening. When can I go? What are we doing? What are we doing? What's the next thing I can get on? You know, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and um, because they don't want to lose it. They want, they want that. They want people. Right. You know, I, I had a woman say to me from this last weekend, she said, I didn't know what I needed before I got here. And then I, and now I know what I need it. Now I know what I need and what I need is people. I need people. That's a wonderful revelation. Yeah. yeah it's That's a huge. wonderful revelation. Even though how simple that sounds, it's sometimes right. we need that. And, and just mm-hmm. think about like how we have normalized something that is so abnormal. Mm. Right? Like the, li- the lifestyle that we're living in, the life way that we're living in is so abnormal to our species. <laughs> yes, <laughs> oh, it is. So abnormal. And, and, and people just, you know, they don't understand it because they, they've never known anything else until they do. Right. Until they have one weekend where they experience something different and they're like, they think it's magic. They literally think it's absolute magic. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about, you, you talked about some green spaces and it's interesting with like with transit, because I, I, I kind of think that I started like a transit probably like 2019 in a good sense. Like, cause you talked about, and actually two green spaces that actually I share in common with you was, one was Rocky Mountain National Park myself, mm. and I did the Emerald Lake Loop mm. Trail, uh, which is beautiful, uh, and also just locally like the Greenwood Park. Yeah. Like that that is a beautiful mm. urban park. Yes, um, yeah. And kudos to all those people who built built the absolutely built that. Uh, but like with Rocky Mountain, I, and that you know because that was a catalyst for you, as you yeah. mentioned. That that Loop Trail for the for listeners who have been on it, I, I believe they would echo a lot of it you see basically three to four different lakes until you get up to Emerald. Mm-hmm. Um, each one of them are unique and you actually climb elevation to each one. So you get, and then you get into rare air. And also I think that opens up channels within your mind of reflection. Once you get into those kind of higher altitudes, yeah. it's not, I mean, it's, it's a good altitude effect in that sense. Um, did it challenge you to do that hike that it tapped into like kind of your spirit of like where you're like in, inward reflecting? Because that's what oh, I get man, out of those. I, so that, that hike was so, it was so like, um, it, it was one of the most divine experiences I've ever had mm-hmm. in my life because I, I wasn't planning on doing it. Number one, like, I wanted to go do a hike, but the person, my friend, one of my best friends that I was with, she didn't want to go. So I had to kind of like figure out like, okay, am I going to go by myself? I'm like, yep, I'm going by myself. Okay. So I had to like overcome that. (laughs) And I was going to go on a different trail, right? And I can't remember what the trail was, but so I started out and you're right. It starts at like, I think Bear Lake, which is, you know, right off the, the parking lot. And I'd been, I'd done the bear thing. So I didn't do bear. I just went direct, started going up. Sure. And when I started going up, it became very clear to me that I was not in good enough shape to do this. Hike. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I was struggling. I was struggling. Right. And, um, this is like the first, this is like the first like leg of it. Right. And there was like 80 year old women that were just blowing by me. And I was, <laughs> and I was like. Isn't that inspiring though? It is inspiring, <laughs> but you know, I, I kept pushing myself. I was like pushing and pushing mm. and I was just like, fuck this. Like I can do this and blah, blah, blah. And like the trail just was like, no, you can't. You need to fucking stop mm. and rest. 
And that is one of the most profound lessons I'm still trying to learn. <laughs> and that trail, the beginning of it, made me stop. I just couldn't breathe. You know, it was so difficult. So I stopped and I, I decided, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to take this lesson. And, and I got it and I heard it and I knew it. And I thought, that's, that's, that's good. That's good, goddess. Um, and so I took it slow until we got up, to, until I got up to... Um, is that Nymph Lake? I was going to say Nymph, mm-hmm. Nymph or Dream. I can't remember which is, which is the next one. But so I got up there and it was like, it was such a relief to get to the plateau, mm-hmm. right? Because yep. you're right, like each lake is kind of a plateau. And it was absolutely dreamy and phenomenal like um and I got a nice respite going through that and then I started the next leg and then the next leg was really all about others right because I was there by myself and I just ran into a whole bunch of like strangers that were all at church too, so to speak. Yeah. And had really great conversations and just, there was such great, you know, vibe. I mean, people were happy. Mm -hmm. You're happy. Right. And, um, and it was just beautiful. And, and one of the things I will say is like when I was on the first part, when I, I was super, super struggling, if you look up, you can see this spire. Okay. In the distance. And I kept looking at that spire And I kept saying, like, that spire and I were talking, like, and the spire was just telling me, like, just listen to, listen, get, stop fighting, Mm -hmm. listen. And every time I would get super tired or feel like a struggle, I would look up at that spire and that spire and I would have a conversation and it would say, okay, this is what you need to know now, right? So... Got to the second leg. We're doing the second leg. Like met all these really great people. Wondered why I didn't have hiking poles. Um, <laughs> like you know, Who needs had one? all those things. Took I took these pictures. I had I had took some pictures of myself. Uh, like have you ever taken those shadow selfies where it's oh, not yeah. you, but it's and those are really like night interesting um, little kind of interesting photography rituals there. And worked my way up to dream, which was and. I started going, so I decided I was, I was like, okay, so this is where I need to take the route to this place that I'm going, right? And I looked at my watch and I started, I started going down this path to the other, the other trail. And I realized probably about 15 minutes into it that there was no way I was going to get to that place and back down the mountain before it was dark. And so I just made the call to come back to dream and see what was, what options I had. And so I went back to dream and there was a sign that said Emerald Lake. And it's, you know, I looked at it on my trails map or my trails Mm -hmm. app and it said, you know, I was like, oh, okay, I can do that and get, get up there and back before it gets dark. And so, which was great because I spent a little bit more time at dream lake and dream lakes a dream. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. And, um, you know, I, I splashed some water on me. I kind of like did a little, you know, kind of like refresh baptism. And I just started following, um, the signs to this Emerald Lake. Didn't know where I was going, had no idea. And so the last half from dream up to Emerald is 
a lot of climb, you know, you're, you're doing, it's, 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 it's a lot of just climbing like major oh, yes. <laughs> and you follow basically this, this, uh, this mountain stream, you know, and there's like waterfalls with it and you get deeper into the woods. Um, and it's, it gets like super, you know, Lord of the Rings, you know, it's, it's like <laughs> deep woods and, you know, the light is different and you're right. The air starts to get different and the path is narrower and you've got to, you've got to watch your footing. Like, you absolutely do. You, 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 you know, you've got to be part. present and, and you're also like motherfucker. I have been on this thing for two and a half <laughs> hours. Your legs are burning. Like, yep. but there's something about like, it's kind of like birth. Like, you know, when you come to the end stage of birth, it's super, super hard, but like the endorphins are kicking in and everything's kicking in to like make it happen. Right. Like even though you're in pain and I was working my way up and people were coming back down and they're like, you're almost there. You're, you're so close. And it's so amazing. And as I was getting up this path, I realized like I'm going to that fucking spire. Tune in next episode for part two of our interview with Kat Dickel.